0: The leader of the club that's made for you and me M-I-C-K-E-Y, M-O-U-S-E Hey there, hi there, home there, you're as welcome as can be M-I-C-K-E-Y, M-O-U-S-E Mickey Mouse tonight. Hello and welcome. You're (laughs) listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox.
1: And I'm Kyle Skinner.
0: And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Instagram at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash Mouse madness, Kyle. I don't know if I don't know if we called it out in the last episode uh, after we hit two hundred,
1: but we got a new show art. We do. A <laughs> new brand has rolled on out into Instagram.
0: We're in the two hundreds and we're we're feeling so fresh, uh, so fresh, and, and we're also feeling a little bit nostalgic as well. Uh, and and we're we're filling that need by uh, reviewing some old some old Disney classics, some old Disney classic music today, Kyle.
1: Yeah. So as Disney celebrates their 100 year anniversary as a company, they've been rolling out a lot of 100 anniversary merch. Um, They're celebrating like a new pre roll to all of their films. And along with that celebration came a vinyl album. And we talked about this on Patreon uh, over on Jerry's Gang uh, when I kind of gave an overview of what the Disney 100 celebration was looking like. Uh, They teased that they were going to release a vinyl album. And guess what? I saw that thing pop up on Amazon and I've never clicked buy now (laughs) fast. So that thing got shipped over to me. And as I was listening, I was like, we should just break down what is the best song on this vinyl. So that's what we're doing. This bracket topic is the best song from the Disney 100 Celebration vinyl. Uh, It's got films. It's got animated, Mm. live action, Mm. parks. Mm. They cover it all here and we're going to cover it all as well. And joining us on this journey new to the pod squad, new to the friend squad. It is our first-time guest host, Sarah Kate. Sarah Kate, welcome to the podcast.
2: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's not very often that I get to schedule time to talk about Disney. So (laughs) needless to say, I'm very excited.
1: (laughs) Yes, we're excited to have you on. Um, You you are dating my uh, college roommate, one of my best friends. (laughs) And when he first started dating you, he hit me up and he was like, Dude, this girl loves Disney. So I was like, "Oh, welcome to the squad, baby.
2: We got you." So, talk,
1: talk to us a little bit about your love for Disney, where that came from. You know what? What does that fandom entail?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, I grew up in 100% a Disney family. I believe that if it wasn't me, it was definitely my brother who was brought into the parks prior to even being one. So. <laughs> We used to go every year, every other year growing up. And then I moved to Miami after college to dance. And I was three hours from the parks. You know, I had to swoop an annual pass. Oh, yeah. And was going almost every weekend that I had time off. So parks have always been where I am my happiest. I try to go twice a year now, at least especially because flights out of Charlotte to Orlando, they're like 75 bucks might as well. What the- oh, yeah. dangerous. What the- and, and annual passes just came back out and I've got one. So yeah, big parks girl, our whole family's obsessed, but I'm easily the most obsessed and the one that plans everything
0: so <laughs> and and do you have are those uh, run disney medals you're rocking in they the background are. on your Zoom yeah. screen too this is
2: how i get into the parks twice a year my family likes <laughs> to run at least my parents do not my entire family so i'm always trying to bribe them with uh, a race you know you go do a family race <laughs>
0: uh Whatever me, it and kyle, me and kyle once did a uh what was it scariest disney parks costume character yeah. or something yeah. like oh, that yeah. uh and and i see pictures out on those run disney events where they bring some of those terrifying scary uh <laughs> yeah. characters back out to cheer you on as you're trying to run 26 miles
2: <laughs> yeah it, there's definitely some unique characters you get to meet along the way i don't ever stop i'm always just like wow i've yeah, never AV. seen you in yeah. the park ever <laughs>
1: peace i'm gonna keep going because you're kind of scary yeah
2: not trying to wait in (laughs) the line right now
1: (laughs) for sure well we're happy to have you huge disney fan you're gonna do great on this bracket you're gonna be breaking some ties i already know it um chris (laughs) let's get into it spoonful of sugar time what you drinking over there
0: um, well, uh, I have a doctor's appointment after this, so, so um, probably yeah, turnt. probably not a good idea <laughs> to show up uh, with some beer in my system, uh, so I'm just drinking some water. You know, it's a good idea to be hydrated before uh, you head to the doctor. Uh, so, you never know what kind of tests they're going to need you to do, so um, always good to just be physically prepared, uh, and also, like, I get super nervous talking to doctors, so my <laughs> mouth gets really dry, so uh, that's also the added benefit of some H2O. Today. There you go. Uh, what about you, Kyle?
1: Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but I got married recently and with oh, no getting way. married. Yeah, it was crazy. We've never talked about it. And with that came a ton of extra alcohol that was left over from the party. So <laughs> our kitchen currently has like five, 12 packs of Coors Light, a oh box of God. wine. It's It's madness in here. So I'm going to help kind of bring that level down today by tapping into some of the rosé that we had left mm. over um yeah. it is i don't know if either of you had the rose at the wedding it they is did. fine <laughs> like it is tasty it is rose um and it is perfect for this musical bracket uh sarah kate what you got over there
2: yeah i actually put together my favorite disney parks cocktail oh let's which go the magical star cocktail and i put it in my favorite disney mug as oh. well so Might look like I'm just drinking tea or coffee, but it's actually a cocktail And it. I believe it's got, um, let's see, it was one part coconut rum, Mm. which I know, Kyle, you're a rum fan. Oh, yeah. Fashion's told me. It's got passion fruit and mango liqueur, and then uh, three parts pineapple juice. And it's my absolute favorite. Usually, it's got a nice little glowy cue, but I can't find mine. So (laughs) We we get a cute mug today.
1: Where do they sell that at?
2: I think any place that sells alcohol in Disney, like any of the restaurants, the sit-down ones, they all have it. Um, all right. Could be mistaken. I think it does have to be sit-down.
1: I'm gonna go on a search for it. I'm
0: gonna and, find it. And for our listener, our listener-only podcast uh, fans, uh, Sarah Kate's mug is a a tangled lantern, uh, yes. and Pascal
1: is the handle.
2: Little Pascal. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's very good. One. Very very good. Um, all right let's start talking about this bracket a little bit we of course had to have a demographic to survey to to whittle down the 16 best songs on this vinyl because there are about 30 of them and so uh of course you know big thing happening here in california this week uh splash mountain bye-bye Night-night. that's it we're bye-bye. donezo. tiana's moving in get out of here br- rabbit you're donezo. <laughs> Uh, And so, of course, uh, that meant that on the last day of operation, there was a long line. I saw reports of it stretching out to about four hours, which is crazy. I saw people saying that, like, uh, everyone rope dropped it. So it was
0: super long in the morning. And then people kind of, like, left the area. And it was, like, 25, (laughs) 30 minutes during the midday. And then everyone went back again Uh. uh, towards the end of the day. (laughs)
1: Okay. Okay. Well, then, shout out to the people that waited for the midday twenty-minute ride, smarties. Um, but with those people standing in line at Rope Drop, we sent the interns in, and they stood in line with them with the people who are taking one last splash down at Disneyland on Splash Mountain. They gave us uh sixteen of these songs, but like I said, there were about thirty of them, so some didn't make the dance. Chris, couple for you.
0: I think, like, before we really get into it, I would just like to acknowledge the value you get out of this vinyl. Oh, um, baby. I have it right here. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. beautiful. And, and it's like 30 bucks. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, when you I sent know. it to me, I was like, is this a mistake? Like, did they price this wrong? Um, oh. And and it's just a lot of really good songs. It's two discs, obviously, one side to each vinyl. So um, it, it really has a nice range to it. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, it's interesting to see kind of the selection they went with uh, and so a few songs that I really like that made this vinyl um, that I don't know should have made this vinyl, but, <laughs> but they did, which which makes me really happy. Uh, it's Not Easy from Pete's Dragon, yeah. uh, which is just a real chill, uh, mellow song about uh, a friendship kind of love. Uh, and then we're all in this together from High
2: School oh Musical. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> and and I think you can make a lot of arguments about like which, if you were going to choose one High School Musical song, like is this, is this the one or uh, is this the best one to represent? But I think it's interesting because it's sort of that like decom element of Disney's 100 year history, right? right. Uh, you have stuff on this vinyl that ranges from movies to, to TV, the parks, like you said, Kyle. And so to have the little, the one little decom inclusion in there, um, it, it feels special and true to, to kind of what Disney music is. Uh, so shout out yeah. to high school musical. Yeah. Um, what are a couple for you,
1: Kyle? Uh, the first one is the Tiki room theme, which is on this vinyl. I love a parks representation on the vinyl. And I think that that, song represents a huge moment in disney history uh for the parks and for the future of the parks with the animatronics and and the sherman brothers on on the ones and twos so i'm sad to not see it on this bracket but we get a little sherman brother representation so we'll talk about that later um and the second one come on come on you you can't have four town on a vinyl not put them in the 16 Okay. okay Nobody Like You is number 29 on the track list, and it deserves to be number one on this bracket. Oh, I love 4 I love Nobody Like You. Uh, and so I'm sad that it is not on this bracket. Uh, Sarah Kate, any songs that you think should have made it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I pulled two that are not on the list entirely. Oh, I think one, is, the first one is probably not shocking. I think, Kyle, we touched on this at your wedding. I am a huge Frozen fan particularly Frozen 2. So show yourself 1000% should have been on this list. It is absolutely iconic. I mean, the besides the lyrics, I mean, maybe to people who aren't watching it with the movie, it doesn't make the most sense. But when you're watching it with the movie, when she goes mother, you know, oh my God, tears every single time, my sister and I listen it into the car we we can't help ourselves. We cry every time. Yep. So that one has to be my first one. And then second one, I love the song Go the Distance from Hercules. Mm. I, I'm kind of shocked it's not on here because it's such a classic. And I just think one, it's a great song. Again, the melody to this song makes you just want to like belt it out, motivates me to like go the distance. So <laughs> yeah, that's my number two.
1: Is that your run Disney song when you're on the on the, on the the trail there?
2: How did you know? I mean, come on. Come uh, on. No, no on. joke, it really is. And there are people that will wear t-shirts that say like, uh, I know every mile, I mean, every mile is worth my while. So <laughs> it's just, it's so fitting.
1: Very good. Very good. All right, Chris, it's time. Let's announce this bracket of 16 best songs on the Disney 100 vinyl. Let's go ahead and cue that dramatic music. Coming in at the one seed from Pride Rock is the Circle of Life from The Lion King. Waltzing into the two spot
0: from Beauty and the Beast is the song Beauty and
1: the Beast. At the number three seed in the night sky, it's When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio. Like an icy
0: blast at number four, it's Let It Go.
1: We don't talk about him on the five seed. We don't talk about Bruno from Encanto.
0: Forget about your worries, because the number six
1: seed is The Bare Necessities from The Jungle Book. Sailing in at the seven seed is It's a Small World from the Disneyland attraction. Looking
0: right back at us, the listeners, at number eight is Reflection from Mulan.
1: Breaking out the steel drums at the nine seed is Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. Setting sail at number 10 is How Far I'll Go from Moana. Catching a wave at the 11th seed is Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride from Lilo and Stitch. The number 12 seed, you might know it because you walked with
0: it once upon a dream.
1: Arriving in a pumpkin carriage at the 13th seed is Bippity Boppity Boo from Cinderella. Brooms out for number 14 from Snow White, it's Whistle While You Work. Brooms out for the 15th seed, (laughs) it's Chim Chim Cherie from Mary Poppins.
0: And... He's the leader of the band,
1: <laughs> but he's the number
0: 16 seed on this bracket. Rounding things out is the Mickey Mouse March mm. uh, from the from the Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, Sarah, Kate, we've got 16 Disney songs on here that exist on this Disney 100 vinyl. Uh, are there any early favorites you're seeing in here? Maybe some sleepers on the second half of this bracket?
2: Yeah, I think i personally have the one that i believe should be number one ready to go in my oh. head oh. and i i do have to say i think there's definitely a couple in the second half of this list that should have been bumped up a few
0: well we can't wait to talk about them and let's let's get <laughs> things going yeah with the number one seed circle of life versus number 16 mickey mouse march um we've talked about circle of life a lot. A I mean, we've talked about <laughs> a lot of these songs a lot. Yeah, Kyle, uh, we've run all kinds of music related brackets over the years about best show-stopping numbers yep. best uh, underrated uh, Disney songs. We've we've run j- best Disney song period. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to have trouble kind of like retreading or trying not to retread a lot of the things we've said about these songs in the past. I don't even remember. I never remember. uh, Sure. I
1: don't don't know why I said that.
0: I mean, it's important to talk about kind of like what it means to be not just this song but a right. song on this disney 100 vinyl album exactly totally. so you look at circle of life versus the mickey mouse march and like clearly one of these songs is the one you listen to a lot and one is a song that you just hear in the background when you're at a disney park and go oh yeah i know this song yeah and and the one that you hear in the background at the parks that you don't listen to very often is circle of life of course <laughs> of course uh no, for real. I, I like Circle of Life. Uh, we we all love Circle of Life. It's a really good song. It's a song that made it really far uh in yeah. our Best Disney song bracket. It's a song that won our Best Disney Broadway song bracket. Um it's a really good one. It's it's equal parts, um, fast and slow and uplifting, but mellow. It's got a really interesting mixture of instruments and sounds. It's very like musically um diverse. So it's a it's a good number one seed I think and it obviously comes from a movie like The Lion King uh, yeah. which is a, a crowd favorite Disney movie and yeah. it, which exists in the 90s Disney movie era which is like a very popular era for Disney movies so it's totally. the number one seed uh, the Mickey Mouse March is is a classic and so the way that they've sort of divided up this vinyl is by time. They, they've done it yes. chronologically. And so the whole thing starts with the Steamboat Willie song, Steamboat Bill.
1: Yeah, which I've never heard it called you Steamboat have Bill. Eyes. I was like, what? I Why did they look name it, it? up? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, they, they
0: typo this? Yeah, uh, for real. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. I'm a Billy from now on. Yeah. And then the whole thing ends with Nobody Like You. Uh, and so the Mickey Mouse March is the last song on Disc One, Side One. Yeah. And so. I listened to these songs chronologically in order, like we were marching down memory lane here um, and I found myself really enjoying a lot of the older hmm. songs on here. And, hmm. and like, um, it, it's really hard to sort of make the argument for like, oh, it sounds better on vinyl or like this song doesn't <laughs> sound as good on vinyl as it does on MP3 or whatever. Um, But a lot of these old songs, like it really felt like they were mixed for an analog listening experience. Totally. Uh, And and a lot of the songs sort of feel like they maybe aren't, achieving their full potential uh, and we'll get to a few of those later I think both of these so- so- songs sound good on vinyl um, I think the sort of richness and diversity of sounds and circle of life makes it a good listen on uh, on record and the Mickey Mouse March I mean it's a it's a it's a throwback it's a retro totally. bop and you get those little vinyl pops along with those <laughs> classic lyrics and yep. it's, a, it's a fun listen. But at the end of the day, it's just a bop. It's just a little ditty. Uh, respect to Mickey Mouse March definitely like deserves to be on this record uh, because you know Mick is such an iconic part of Disney history. Um, but I'm going to go with Circle of Life for this matchup just because I think it's a better song.
1: Yeah, this one was tough for me too because I really wanted to look at these songs and what they represent to the company. Company and why they're on the vinyl. And so you're right, like Circle of Life represents really that peak of the Renaissance. Like you've already had um, Little Mermaid, you've already had Beauty and the Beast, you've already had Aladdin. And so all of that buildup comes to Circle of Life, which is the opening number of this next iteration, what some consider to be the best film of the Renaissance. And so it really does represent like a moment in which Disney was back because they weren't for a very long time. And Lion King really solidified that if the following three or the previous three movies plus I think the rescuers were mixed in there as well um so it it's really important but so is the Mickey Mouse March like you think about what Mickey represents as he is the company like this company started and failed and was brought back because of Mickey and and his heads at the front of the Disneyland Gates this uh Mickey Mouse Club helped to really fuel that fandom and and make that Disney brand what it is today. Um, but yes, this, when we're talking about like listening experiences on vinyl, um, I'm going to want to listen to a song that I want to listen to as opposed to like the opening of a TV show. So I'm going to also agree circle of life is going to move on here. Sarah Kate, were you going to have the same thing or do we're going to move the mouse along?
2: Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, obviously, Mickey Mouse March is like—if you know Disney, you know this song. Like, grew up. I remember growing up screaming this, especially the Donald Duck part. Like, I remember (laughs) belting that out. But you just—you can't—you can't can't compare it to something like Circle of Life. That's just so powerful, especially like in the finale version of it in the movie, where it's just like—I mean—full on body chills. Yeah, so yeah, Circle of Life for sure has got this one for me.
1: All right, let's move on to this next matchup. We've got the number eight reflection taking on number nine, Under the Sea. We recently talked about Under the Sea uh, because I was mentioning that I don't really enjoy the steel drums as much as I thought I did <laughs> growing <laughs> up as a kid. And now it's like signals this kind of like, oh, here comes a very cheesy song we're going to listen to, Under the Sea. Which in my mind is not even the best song, obviously, on, in the Little Mermaid. Like it's crazy to me that Under the Sea beat out Part of Your World for this vinyl, just in general. Um, but I think that they needed to. They were trying to do some vibes. They were trying to. Yeah. They're trying to yeah. balance the vibes, and Under the <laughs> sure. Sea kept that high tempo up for that part of the vinyl. Uh, interesting listen on vinyl. Under the Sea was uh, because obviously it's in an era in which it's supposed to feel very full and loud. And while it does on vinyl, you also get that kind of crispness that comes in when you do listen to, to any of these on vinyl. Um, but it's it probably mostly just my speakers, but it felt like it wanted to do more <laughs> and sure. like couldn't. I don't know if you had that experience with Under the Sea just because it's so full and big. Right. right. Um, so that didn't translate super well, but it doesn't mean that it didn't at all. It still sounded great. Um, Under the Sea. Big part of the Little Mermaid and the the start of the Renaissance, so I really like where it's situated on this vinyl and how totally. Little Mermaid is represented for sure. And it's up against Mulan, uh, Reflection, which honestly, like Mulan, always kind of takes the back seat in my mind. I'm always I'm constantly re reminded that Mulan's film exists <laughs> and like the music exists, and it's all really great music, including this song, Reflection. Uh, when we get the "I Want" song at the beginning, and then also we get some reprises through through the film, but this is that big uh, "I Want" song, the big uh, first version of reflection. This sounds fantastic on vinyl, fantastic, especially when all of the instrumentation drops off and you just get Mulan's voice. Ooh, ooh, baby, sounds real, <laughs> real nice. Um, and also like. For for it representing that film, it is perfect because they could have gone with "Make Man Out of You." They could have gone with um the other song, um the other like training song, "Girl was Worth Fighting For." Hmm. Uh, but I'm so glad that they went with "Reflection." And in this matchup, I actually like "Reflection" a lot better because I believe that these "I Want" songs are such a huge part of the Disney. Renaissance and what really transformed them and made these films incredible was the fact that they took that Broadway note and and allowed the main character to sing out their wants to move that story right along and I like that. Uh, Under the Sea is a great ensemble number, obviously, and it really does, you know, it really does what it's supposed to do in that film. But when we're talking about it on these vinyls, I like Reflection better, so I'm gonna go with the the Mulan song.
0: I, I think the the instrument that comes out for me a lot in reflection is I think it's a flute. Mm. Do, 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 do.
1: Yep. yep.
0: <laughs> um and I, it's interesting that you mentioned like the full the fullness that's like it doesn't exist in this this version of Under the Sea. Um I I hear you there. Um I think I I'm still f- Feeling and hearing a lot of the colorful sort of elements yeah. of Under the Sea, though, um, there's a lot of different percussion instruments and different. Yeah, yeah I see your one flute in reflection and raising <laughs> <me> like seven <laughs> flutes uh, in Under the Sea <laughs>
1: and twelve saxophones. Like, yeah. let's just get after it.
0: Yeah, so like a lot of those sort of like lower, like bassier um, elements don't really come out in the vinyl unless you're listening on like um, audio file. Sure. Type headphones, which I was listening on like my Apple, mm-hmm. like just little earbuds. So uh, not super uh, musically complex, but I don't know. We, and, and this was for me right after we had seen the live action uh, Little Mermaid and you know, n- no, offense to the live action Little Mermaid, but it's a little bit drab, I think colorfully and like that's that was a choice right uh, to kind of give a different vibe to the live action version. So it's fine. Yep. Um, but the animated version, I think I mentioned this in our Patreon to much more colorful, uh, much more sort of tropical feeling and less sort of like uh, rugged and rough uh, yep. when you're looking at like the ocean life. And so I don't know, I, I really liked this, you know, Listening to this version of Under the Sea uh, yesterday, and and like you 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 actually hinted to maybe my favorite part about it is its its position on this hmm. this track list. Uh, it is the first song on the second disc, <laughs> so sure. it's like you have listened to sort of the like classic Disney era. You take the thing off the turntable, you put it back in, you get out the other one, you drop it in, and it's. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, we have arrived, we have teleport transported through time, and we have yeah. arrived in a new era. And and thy name is Mencken uh, and Ashman. And so I don't know. It was a cool way to kind of start that chapter, I thought, when I was going through my listen. So I have under the sea, even though maybe outside of this listening experience, I love reflection as a song, but I'm going with the Little Mermaid here, which means Sarah Kate, you're breaking your first mouse madness tie. Here we
2: go. I'm very excited. And this one. Uh, it might be slightly biased uh, okay. because my boyfriend's name is Sebastian <laughs> and uh, my <laughs> my sister's a redhead. And so she's pretty much Ariel. I mean, I literally have like a little Sebastian earring in my ear right now. <laughs> um, so I, I'm going to have to go with Under the Sea. I It's just it's such a fun song. Like, you can't help but to dance and laugh and I don't. It's just it's a feel good song. Whereas like, reflection. I'm the same as you, Kyle. It was one of those movies where I kind of forgot about Mulan all the time. And with that said, though, like reflection is powerful. I mean, mm-hmm. feel that song. But yeah, I I gotta be biased on this one. Under the sea is it for me? Well, somewhere in you? the
1: depths. Somewhere in the depths <laughs> of the internet. Is Sebastian dressed as Sebastian and me as Ariel in college for Halloween somewhere in yep. the depths of the internet? Yeah, I, I think you sent
2: it to me, so you <laughs> got it. it. it's over. <laughs> I think, over for I think
0: <laughs> I <laughs> I've seen it too. I don't think it's that deep in the internet. <laughs> comments. Um, all right, let's move on to the next matchup. It's Let It Go from Frozen, our number four scene um, oh, versus Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo uh, from number 13, and I have a brief sort of Uh, anecdote to share with you all about my listening experience. Um, I store my vinyl record player at work. So uh, (laughs) that's that's where I kind of like dial in uh, when I'm doing my listening. I just I like I said, I put in my little Apple earbuds into the back of it and just sort of vibe out while I'm trying to like lock in and do work uninterrupted. So I I lugged this two disc Disney 100 vinyl with me to the office. Uh, And so I'm, you know, listening to Disney vinyls uh, incognito. Uh, (laughs) And so um, the whole time and and like most of the people that like I work with uh, closely know all about the podcast they know sure. about my disney fandom like i'm very not embarrassed by it but i know that there's people in the company that that don't know <laughs> and so i was waiting for someone from i the it department to bring me my computer and uh i'm i'm like in the in the peak of let it go <laughs> oh, and man. i'm like huddled over my vinyl like with my with my fingers on my earbuds just like eyes closed just Locked and, in. He, and he had my computer so like I didn't. It was just me like staring at the turntable spinning with like my things in, uh, and he kind of like comes up behind my cube and he's like, "Oh, oh, hey, Chris!" And I like take the I like take the earbuds out and like put them down and he's trying to talk to me about my machine and like there's no volume switch on on my no, record so, player, so in the background it's like. <laughs> the world <is> <laughs> And I was like, dude, this guy thinks I'm so weird, right? Oh my god, that's
2: incredible. Not only only
1: because of that, but because you're the one, the only person in all of baseball who has a record player at their desk, and you're just turning, (laughs) turning vinyl. Um,
0: and and uh, so like we're like mid conversation, and I had to like reach back and just like turn it, like stop it from playing. I was like, this is so embarrassing. Anyways, um. I love frozen like Sarah K and big frozen fan. Uh, I love let it go. It's, it's an anthem. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Uh, this is, this is a lot like that sort of circle of life Mickey Mouse March situation where it's yes. like you have a newer Disney hit that you've heard a hundred million times. Um, and I think it's at the point where like, yeah, absolutely. Like if we're talking about the hundred years of Disney music, let it go. It's on the short list you know, of like songs that have a profound cultural impact. Uh, You look at Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo though. I think for this generation of Disney fans, let it go. Absolutely. But you look at the many generations of Disney fans that came before us Mm -hmm. uh, and that sort of Cinderella fairy godmother dynamic was the definition of Disney.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: While let it go is magical in its own respect it's really a, a character piece. Uh, it's a, uh, in uh, we talk about the, I want song, let it go. I don't think is necessarily an I want song, but it's, it has sort of a, the feel of an I want song where it's mm-hmm. a characters sort are of like expressing themselves and trying to get out their emotions to us, the audience. Um, and bibbidi-bobbidi-boo is much more fluffy. You know, it's just yes. like it's just magic, and we're we're stringing some syllables together here that we pulled out of a hat, yeah. Uh, and we're gonna turn it into a song. Is this a is this a Sherman Brothers uh, yeah. joint? Okay. Yep. Well, there you go. <laughs> They're just making it up as they go. Yeah, of course. Um, and ah, f- I don't throw on "Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo" when I'm trying to go through like a Disney music kick. A Cinderella is a fine Disney movie to me, um, but I, I I think I'm gonna go with it in this matchup. Uh, I think we're talking about history when we're talking about Disney 100. And I think you put up Let It Go against most of these uh, songs. And it's an easy one for me. But Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo and the Cinderella turning a pumpkin into a carriage, turning a tattered up nasty ratchet dress into this beautiful (laughs) white gown. That's like that is. Hey,
1: those mice worked hard on that dress. Gus
0: (laughs) Gus. That's the Disney money shot.
1: Uh, So I'm going to go with uh, Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. It's the battle of the transformation songs. Yeah, you have Elsa true. building up That's her so ca- two dress transformations, both into into these sparkly new digs. Like, what a perfect matchup to be talking about as far as, like, scenes go in film. Uh, but when it comes to listening to these on the vinyl, I, I mean, I love listening to Biffity Boffity Boo on some vinyl. It feels like it's just absolutely meant for it. <laughs> um, and I'm a big old liar. It wasn't the Sherman Brothers. It was some songwriting trio uh, oh, okay. bivity boffity boo but obviously Disney then continues that tradition of just making up as they go and and Sherman brothers take that torch on. Um yeah this one's kind of tough for me because I I understand uh Let It Go's impact and it's not necessarily my favorite song. We talked a lot about this. I've I've been jaded by this song uh, because I had to listen to it so many times. Um, but i never listened to Bippity Boppity Boo. And so when that thing comes on the vinyl, you're like, oh, what a nice surprise, especially because on the vinyl, it's that it's the first side of, of disc one and it comes after Saludos Amigos, which couldn't finish any faster. <laughs> and then it's Bippity Boppity Boo. Uh, I really, really like that. Man, this one's tough uh, because I feel like I could go either way with it. I think they're both very important to the Disney legacy so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go with "Let It Go" and make Sarah Kate pick what moves on.
2: Well, I I think you probably both know where my head is. Um, let it go. But where's <laughs> your heart? <laughs> well, I mean, growing up, Cinderella was my favorite movie. She was my mm-hmm. favorite princess. I know, so basic, but it, she was she was my girl, and so "Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo" was always, you know, part part of my childhood. There's a certain nostalgia that goes along with that. But at the same time, you can't really sing along to that song for bibbity <laughs> bobbity boo um, And it's like a minute long. So as a kid that, I mean, you have short attention spans as a child, but like, it's not really something I'm going to go jam out to, you know? Sure. Um, so Let It Go is is it for me. I mean, it's just, it's not necessarily my favorite Frozen song. That might be an unpopular opinion, but Uh, I'm obviously a show yourself Stan, (laughs) Um, but it's just, it's iconic. It's what launched that movie into stardom, I think. And I think it resonates with a lot of people. Like, I don't know if you've seen um, the making of Frozen 2 on Disney Plus. Yeah, they they talk about how impactful that movie and that song in general was for so many people. So I think this one's got to be let it go.
1: All right. Four seed moves on. Let's talk about this next matchup. Uh, we don't talk about Bruno from Encanto is going to be taking on Once Upon a Dream from Sleeping Beauty. And I've said it once and I've said it again. We don't talk about Bruno is yeah. the best Disney song that has been written in the last decade. That is a banger. That is a perfect song for that film. I love it a lot. Um, I like that it is this new we're, we're ushering in the new era of Disney filmmaking stories told by not white men stories and songs that are written by not white men. And it's really allowing for these colorful experiences like we don't talk about Bruno. I think it's, it represents such an important part of the Disney uh, eras and the one that we're currently in, in that we're going to get a lot more diverse, uh, diversity when it comes to what is a Disney song. Uh, before it was the, the magical, the wishing, the dreaming. Then it became the nonsensical the Winnie the Poohs, the Mary Poppins, and then it became the Broadway. And now we're in the storytelling. We're in the diverse voices sort of era of Disney filmmaking. And We Don't Talk About Bruno is a perfect example of that. Um, So I really like what it represents. New Disney music. This is the new sound of Disney music, and I'm here for it. Once Upon a Dream is the quintessential 50s Disney music sound where it's very influenced by classical music. Obviously, Sleeping Beauty being a ballet. So they're taking a lot of notes and hits from that. And it's a love song in an era in which all they were making were these love story movies. So that's also very important to the Disney uh, 100 celebration and its representation on there, especially Sleeping Beauty, which was kind of groundbreaking in the way that they they used uh, Technicolor the way that they presented the film in, in a wider screen than they used used to. And this song played a huge part because you have a lot of dancing that takes place from end to end on a screen. And they're just these beautiful, beautiful wide shots. So um, I really, really do like Once Upon a Dream. And it's what's also wonderful about where this lands on the vinyl is that it starts off disc two. Perfect start to that era of Disney music at uh, Once Upon a Dream. So this one's tough. I think I'm going to go with the oldie. I'm going to go with Once Upon a Dream over We Don't Talk About Bruno because I think that my, my issue currently with We Don't Talk About Bruno is that in this TikTok era that we exist in of the world... We don't talk about Bruno seems so long ago even though it wasn't and it feels like it was a flash in the pan and now we're waiting for the next thing. While Once Upon a Dream when that comes on the longevity of it like you know it, you hear it, you may not know all the words but you you like how it sounds and I think that's really important to Disney lasting for 100 years. So Once Upon a Dream is going to move on for me.
0: The next big thing already came along Kyle, it's the Scuttlebutt song from The Little no, Mermaid. Oh, let's action. not
1: even start. Oh, no.
0: Um uh, so I think I had the same problem with we don't talk about Bruno that you had with under the sea. Mm. Uh, and I don't own a lot of um, hip hop vinyl albums. I've had uh Mad City. Uh, yeah. In my hands, uh, several times at Best Buy. Uh, to pull the not. trigger. You gotta <laughs> just
1: pull the trigger on that. Uh,
0: so, I, but I mean, I guess you your collection's bigger than mine, Kyle. Like, do you feel like there are certain genres that are better for vinyl, and some that like are at a disadvantage for a vinyl listener? Like, I wouldn't think there is because isn't the point that like the the quality is higher, so you should be able to like hear more?
1: Yeah, and it definitely depends on the pressing. Uh, so I have a ton of hip hop vinyls, and a lot of them vary in sound. Uh, Good Kid, Mad City is one of them that comes through so great over vinyl. Um, while I also have 2014 Forest Hill, uh, Forest Hill Drive by J. Cole, and that one doesn't come through as nice as Good Kid, Mad City. So I think that it, it really depends on the pressing. And what this vinyl has at its disadvantage is that it can't have one consistent sound because it is taking in music from all these different decades. So things are going to start sounding a little bit different just by comparison.
0: So I threw, I, you know, I got to, we don't talk about Bruno.
1: IT guy left.
0: IT guy was gone. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I was basically like, I, I, it's just not hitting very hard for me Mm. uh, right now. And, but I was like, I'm going to wait until we get to my favorite part of the song just to like give it. Give it the, the, um, be fair. Right. And, and that's the, uh, the, he told me that the man of my dreams would be just out of reach. Yes. Uh, and, and I, I, like even that part, I was like, I just not punching it, mm. uh, like it does on, on Apple music for me. So I, like you said, good song, super great. Um, but I enjoyed my listen of once upon a dream much more, Uh, This time through, Uh, I would chalk it up to kind of those those orchestral elements uh, that you were talking about. I think classical is a really uh, safe sort of genre for vinyl, uh, especially when you have kind of a low quality uh, press, low quality turntable, uh, crappy iPhone uh, (laughs) speakers. Like it's just it's just like straight down the middle. Uh, So I'm going to go with Sleeping Beauty. Sarah-Kate, do you think you would have moved Sleeping Beauty uh, Once Upon a Dream on as well, or did you have some love for uh, Bruno?
2: Yeah. So this was an interesting one for me because as a, a former former ballet dancer, um, Sleeping Beauty obviously resonates with me pretty hard. And yeah. a lot of great memories with that song. You know, the melodies and actual dance that I have probably done more times than I can count. So... Um, there's a lot of great memories there, but with that comes a whole lot of anxiety as well. Because <laughs> ballet is perfection. And so that part of that kind of ruined it for me a little bit. Um, and I also just like I do like Sleeping Beauty, but out of all the princesses, I think she's kind of the most boring. Like she just kind of sleeps. Yep. Um I mean, the rest movie's fantastic. I love the three fairies. They're they're great, but um. I think for that reason, I chose We Don't Talk About Bruno because Lin-Manuel Miranda is, I mean, just the most insane creative genius. I think it's one of those things where like Disney comes out um, with a new movie and I have this thing where I just play one song over and over (laughs) and over and over. I, I can't help it. And with... In Kanto, it was the entire soundtrack. Yeah, like, I, just replay the entire time. Skip the so donkey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna have to be Bruno. We're gonna have to talk about him, <laughs> 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 even though he <we> lost.
0: <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move over to the other side of the bracket where we have the number two seed Beauty and the Beast versus the number fifteen Chim Chim, Chim Chiri. uh I don't I, I don't know what it is about Chim Chim Cheree but I love it in the context of the movie when I'm watching it, but I always have a very strange time listening to the, the like condensed mix that they put on any kind of like, audio soundtrack of mary poppins yes because it's a, it's one of those songs that exists at like several points through the movie and then so they just turned it into this like mishmash best of the best chim <laughs> chim elements uh and and i don't know what it is about the like version that dick van dyke does for like the <laughs> sound it just sounds a little different yes i don't know if they got like a different guy to do it but it's not as human. Uh, and that's something I like about Bert and about the versions that are like in the movie. Beauty and the beast is, is a song that I've sort of always talked about being over really overrated, uh, on this podcast. Uh, every single time it comes up, I have to mention that. Uh, so I will again, uh, overrated. (laughs) However, um, it was it was working for me uh, on on this listen. It was working for me on the vinyl. I think much like uh, "Once Upon a Dream," those those uh, orchestral orchestral classical elements were really coming through strong uh, on on the listen. Um, the the violins, those little uh, horns, maybe, maybe horns. I don't think they're flutes, but some some type of horn,
1: some woodwind instrument.
0: Yeah, and 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 the. It's sort of like coming through that vinyl crackle. Uh makes it feel super like, I don't know, uh realistic and like human and yeah. um I, I, and that's what that's what this moment in the movie is all about, right? It's the moment where Beast shows his human side and it's the moment where Bell sort of like gives in to sort of the human uh temptation that's there. Uh so I don't know. I think for this matchup it's pretty easy for me uh, to to go with Beauty and the Beast. Like I said I don't I don't love either one of these maybe outside of this particular situation but uh, I have to give credit where credits due. Uh and and I liked the uh the, the Beauty and the Beast on on vinyl. Uh, it's a it's a song that's very musically complex, very rich. It's real gentle too, which is yeah. always like a good quality for a, for a vinyl listen, especially when you're in my situation when I'm just <laughs> I'm just dialed. Uh, so yeah, I think I have the two seed.
1: Yeah, I do too. I think that Chim Chim Cheree is a really bizarre pick of all of the Mary Poppins songs to represent that film in the celebration of the Disney 100. I don't think that it really belongs on there. I think you could go super Cali. You could go feed the birds, but you have Chim Chim Cherie, which you're right, Chris, isn't even translatable to an audio listen because the song's like 14 minutes long in the film because it's broken up by dialogue throughout the entire thing. So like just its pick, just it being on the vinyl doesn't make much sense, but Beauty and the Beast does entirely. So I agree with you. Number two moves on. Sarah, Kate, were you going to do the same?
2: Yeah, I'm in full agreement. I mean, it's just, it's one of those songs that tells a story. So when you're watching it with the movie, like, it's just, it's so cute to see them going through this, like, awkwardness of, like, I don't really know what to do with you, to being like, wait, actually, like, I do see this human version of you. Yeah, it's just sweet. And Angela Lansbury, I mean, she's- Can't go wrong. Perfection. Yeah. Yeah. So, full agreement.
1: All right, next matchup. Number seven, It's a Small World's taking on the number 10, How Far I'll Go. And this is where this bracket gets very, very interesting for me. Because you have that new era of I Want Song out of How Far I'll Go, which feels very Disney Renaissance, but also has a flavor of kind of the new, the newness to it, um, both in in its construction and in its sound. Uh, on the vinyl like it does come through very well what always trips me up and i don't know why they do this i don't know why they do it with how far i'll go they add like that waves intro to this song and like Mm. the wind and stuff do you notice that yeah i i could do without honestly (laughs) like it's not like it's setting the stage for me to like be on an island somewhere i'm (laughs) i'm 35 minutes into listening to this album. I don't need to stop by the waves. So that part always kind of chips me up. I feel like it's a little unnecessary, especially when you're in the groove of listening to this. And none of the other songs really do have an intro like that. Um, you can maybe make the argument Little April Showers does, because it's such a slow start and it's supposed to mm. represent the raindrops, but you don't hear the sound of rain. You you hear the the music come in. So Right. That's a part that I've always had an issue with with how far I'll go, not just on this vinyl, but in in listening to it outside of the film in general. Feels like they could have started a little bit later on that song. And it's a small world represents such a pivotal moment in the Disney company. Like that song and its attachment to the attraction is massive. If you don't have Walt Disney going to the 64 Worlds fair and putting in Lincoln, putting in Small World putting in the, the Ford Magic Skyway, then you don't have, and them being successful there, you don't have Florida. You don't have the, uh, the Omnimover in Disneyland. You don't have a lot of things because of that. And It's a Small World is a huge part of it. They learned that if you can sync up music in your attractions, you will have success on your hands. And now that is such a huge part of every attraction that's been made since then. Pirates, we need a song. Haunted Mansion, we need a song. Back to back. They're like, oh, Small World? Okay, we got to have songs for these attractions as well. And the the company and Walt focusing his energy on the parks in this moment is so important. And it's incredible that they included this on the vinyl. I, I think it's the more important song. I think that it's maybe not necessarily the better song, but it's by far the more important one. So I'm going to go with it. The small world over Moana is how far I'll go.
0: Uh, so side to disc two, we've got, we're all in this together from high school. Musical. <laughs> Dig a little deeper from princess and the frog, which was a choice.
1: Come on.
0: Let it go from frozen. Yep. How far I'll go from Moana. Remember me, Ernesto de la Cruz version from Coco.
1: We don't talk about Bruno and nobody like you. Let me tell you, that's a messy side of the vinyl.
0: (laughs) I, I, okay. So I was very disappointed in general inside too. Yeah. Uh, And that was the moment where I kind of realized I was like, maybe, maybe not everything has to be on vinyl. (laughs) Um, And, and you know what? And I will be totally honest, I'm a man who will admit uh, when I'm feeling a certain way, Kyle, and Nobody Like You, I think, was the only song that was really working for me outside too. Let
1: me you, man. Banger. Uh,
0: something about the sort of like somewhat throwback retro-y yeah. sound to that song uh made it made it fun. Made it yeah. a fun listen with those pops and those crackles. Yeah. Uh so I will I will respect uh okay. that song in the moment.
1: Some respect on Four Town's um, name.
0: But but all of these other songs were were really tough for me, really tough for me to get through. And I don't know that if that's just because like I know them yeah so well in their sort of like clean digital formats where it seems like I know every single beat every little small element of timing, um, but how far I'll go just didn't have it for me uh, this time uh, and and I love the way you sort of framed the argument for it's a small world in this matchup uh, and, and the, the parks music representation is important. And honestly, I f- feel like we almost didn't even get enough of it.
1: No, we you know didn't. like
0: I think they could have put in Grim Grim and Ghosts on here. They could have put in. They oh, could have yeah. put in Yo Ho on here. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but (laughs) they could have put in um, the Baroque hoedown. I don't think that's Disney's song originally, but.
1: (laughs) Soren, yeah. Yeah,
0: throw in the Soren soundtrack. Come on. Let's go. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go with It's a Small World. I'm going to agree with you uh, and move that one on. Sarah Kate, uh, we sent home another Lin-Manuel Miranda song. (laughs) Uh, If it it came down to you, do you think you would have sided with the parks here?
2: I am in 1000% agreement. Uh-huh. I mean, I think it is kind of a controversial take because it's one of those things where um, I believe it was one of my teachers growing up. She got stuck on it's a small world for, I think a full hour, maybe even two. And so needless to say, she hates that song because it's the same thing over and over, yeah. but it's just, it's one of those rides that it's been there since the beginning. Like Kyle said, it paved the way for so much and it, it's 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 pure nostalgia. It's you have to ride it when you go, whether it's this dingy little boat ride or not. It's it's magical. It's Disney. So yeah, I'm 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 with both of you. All
0: right. Well, speaking of nostalgia, we've mm-hmm. got an old school throwback matchup. Uh, for this next one. It is the number three seed when you wish upon a star versus number fourteen whistle while you work. Uh, And let me tell you, I, for the most part, loved both of these. Yeah, dude, Uh, this
1: big surprise for your boy was like, oh, oh, we get a little whistle while you work on this one. Let's go run that thing back. uh, And I couldn't, I
0: couldn't not also in my head be playing whistle while you twerk. (laughs) Um, when I was listening to it. But hey, um, in this edition of things, Chris was scared of when he was a little kid. uh, Let me tell you all about choirs. Um, Uh (laughs) What?
1: Where are we going? <laughs> uh,
0: when I was a little kid and I used to sit in church and watch the choir sing, I didn't like it. I didn't like the feeling of like everyone looking at these people in their faces when, they, while they were like really exerting themselves uh, to sing uh, music. Wow. I don't know. It was just this weird sort of dynamic uh, of, of in, like stillness mixed with... <laughs> You know, uh, singing noise mixed with <laughs> quiet. It was just—I don't know—I never liked it. The way they were facing us, um, I, I just choirs never really been my thing. Sure. Uh, and there's a choir in "When You Wish Upon a Star." <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, when they go, "Faith is kind," to bring to like the the one of the things that I cannot stand when I'm listening to a song and I'm like vibing out. I'm like, "Ooh, ooh, this song is good." When they start like layering audio tracks uh-huh. or they bring in like more bigger, voices, more vo- uh, I'm like, you ruined it. You killed it for me. Uh, wow. and, and when you wish upon a star, great song, wish we could remove the choir element. And like I said, I really enjoyed both of these songs this time around. So I'm nitpicking here, even in the sure, first round, you have to, uh, and, and that's why I'm, I'll move snow white along here.
1: Wow. I am moving when you wish upon a star along because of that choir element. That's like one of my favorite parts of those fifties and forties films is that big kind of quintessential choir sound. Um, you can fly has it as well in Peter Pan. This one, it just really makes it and it sounds fantastic on vinyl. So does whistle while you work. That one of course is in an era in which they are pressing records for these soundtracks and snow white was the very first movie to have a soundtrack released for it ever, which is crazy. Uh so that's important and it's important that Snow White is on this vinyl, but When You Wish Upon a Star is the Disney anthem. And it belongs on this vinyl and it's very important. I love the choir. I'm going to go When You Wish Upon a Star. Sarah Kate's breaking another tie.
2: Yeah, I'm going with Kyle. When You Wish Upon a Star is 100% the Disney anthem. I mean, it for me being such a parks girl, it's that kiss good night the last you know it's 30 minutes past close they do the kiss goodnight on the castle and they're playing when you wish upon a star so for me when i think of that song i think of my childhood disney trips so it's yeah there's no there's no question in my head that that's the one that should go forward
1: all right that brings us to the final matchup here it's the number six the bare necessities from jungle book versus the number 11 hawaiian roller coaster ride and like man You don't remember how hard The Bare Necessity slapped until you get to it on this vinyl. It is just a phenomenal listen, and especially on vinyl. Jungle Book, a movie that I don't need in my life. I forget about it. It's another Mulan thing. Very important to, like, you know, it, it it marked the end of the golden era of disney animation walt dies jungle book comes out and then it kind of all goes you know to pot so really this is an important milestone marker of like okay we've officially exited walt disney's era of disney and so to place it on this vinyl very very important uh and especially because it it rounds out that second side of the disc it's it's not the last song you get Uh, and you get it's not easy but it starts to you see the shift in in music once you hit bare necessities Uh, also really interesting that it comes off the back of winnie the pooh when you're (laughs) listening to this so you're like okay finally (laughs) i can get to another song and that's not winnie the pooh so i really really like bare necessities honestly i'm gonna say it on the pod i don't understand the hype around hawaiian roller coaster ride
0: Unless it's the Jump 5
1: version. Unless it's the Jump 5 version (laughs) and unless somebody's whispering into my earbuds. But like, I don't get the hype about this song. So it's not even my my favorite in this matchup. I go Bare Necessities for sure.
0: Uh, I I do understand the hype around Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride, a movie that I don't really like very much. In Lilo right. and Stitch, uh, I understand why H- Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride is such a well-loved song. It first of all, I just think that it's really sort of like simple. It's sure. it's ukulele uh, and maybe a little bit of like drum, little percussion, and then like the the guy singing that little kids choir, which I don't love, but. <laughs> um <laughs> It's 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 Show a, a little good, little corn singing yeah, to you. You have I nightmares. Mean, <laughs> it's sort of like a happy middle ground between like upbeat and mellow. Sure. Uh and also it's just like I like the metaphor, Hawaiian roller coaster ride. And yeah. also this movie is all about sort of like chaos and how difficult it is to find um moments of peace and serenity and happiness and in a uh, family yeah. and and kind of this montage where everything seems to be finally kind of clicking uh, stitches stitches occupied. Uh, it looks like Nani is finally like has a moment to take a breath like Lilo is having fun uh, and what's the what's homeboys name David I
1: don't, homeboy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, I think I don't, so. It's yeah, it's like a fun little snapshot. Sh- snapshot of like what family life looks like for, for these folks. Uh, So I a hundred percent understand the hype. Um, And I think it's a good song, but Kyle, I have the exact same reaction to the bare necessities that you did. And I don't know why. And I also, I did a little double take and I was like, I f- I kind of like felt myself kind of bobbing a little bit. Yeah, I feel like wait. What I was we're like, we're listening, wait, listening to? Wait, I'm on bare necessities right now. <laughs> uh, and and so I'm 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 agreeing with you. Uh, <sighs> and we're gonna move the number six seed on. Uh, I thought it was a a fun listen this time through, and like I love a, a Sherman Brothers uh, representation when we're talking about Disney music. I think they're they're icons in in the history of hundred years of Disney music. So. Uh Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride go, goes home. Sarah Kate, uh, do you think you would have done the same?
2: Yeah, I do. I think I mean I also get the hype around Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride. I am a big stitch fan. I think he is just the <laughs> cutest, probably not very cuddly, but wish he was cuddly, little blue dog, <laughs> whatever alien. Um, but you you can't help but to just dance around when you listen to Bare Necessities. And I, I didn't really grow up watching Jungle Book. And I probably haven't seen it since they came out with the live action, but that song will still reign true no matter what. So yeah, I agree.
1: Last time I watched Jungle Book, I watched it in German because Disney Plus had just come out and Nina's mom really wanted to watch Jungle Book. That was her favorite movie growing up. So we watched it in German. That's the last time I I ever watched (laughs) Jungle Book.
2: (laughs) What does that sound like in German? (laughs) Just noise.
1: It's just noise. I I can't discern words. It's just noise to me. (laughs) All right. That brings us to our Elite Eight. And let me tell you, this is this is a playlist. I would listen to this Elite Eight playlist over and over again. The number one, Circle of Life, is going to take on number nine, Under the Sea. Number four, Let It Go, is going to take on number 12, Once Upon a Dream. Cross the bracket, the number two, Beauty and the Beast, is going to take on number seven, It's a Small World. And routing it all out is number three, When You Wish Upon a Star, taking on the number six, Bare Necessities, Sarah Kate, Well done on your first go-around of Mouse Madness. We really appreciate you and your insights, and we can't wait to have you back for part two.
2: Very excited.
0: All right, everyone. Well, you know how to reach us. If you got something to say about these... Disney 100 vinyl songs. I know you probably haven't listened to them (laughs) yourselves on vinyl like us. This is an extremely niche topic, but uh, do you have comments about what we've said here? Uh, Do you have a a bracket idea of your own? Does it seem like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here now that we're (laughs) in the two hundies? Do you want to hop in like Sarah Kate and do some guest hosting for the first time? Email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Discord, and Twitter. All those channels are linked in the description of the podcast if you'd like to support us on patreon you can head over to patreon.com slash mouse madness and join us at the five dollar level by becoming a member of jerry's gang where you'll have access to things like two bonus mouse madness episodes a month and access to our seasonal disney trivia event congrats to our winner last night oh yeah super fun night uh um, wow. out of jerry's gang trivia so um check us out um until next time folks don't forget about probier small meat that was the bare necessities in German. <laughs> Let's go. I think I got that. Probier's mal mit gemütlichkeit.
1: There it is. There it is. Nailed it.
2: Oh my goodness.